You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge Podcast, a show about resiliency and overcoming obstacles. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College, and boy, do we have an amazing guest today. Crystal Turner Childs is a brilliant, bold, and brave leader in the Pennsylvania State Police. She currently serves as the first African-American female acting deputy commissioner of staff of the Pennsylvania State Police. She has also distinguished herself during her 23 years of law enforcement experience as the first African-American female to command a troop and the second African-American female to obtain the rank of major in the 116-year history of the Pennsylvania State Police. Crystal Turner Childs earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Elizabethtown College and a master's degree in organizational leadership right here from Central Penn College. She is also a graduate of the Northwestern School of Police Staff and Command and the FBI National Academy. Crystal is the owner of Femme Powered LLC. Femme Powered empowers you to take charge of your physical health, mental, and spiritual health. The goal is achieved by offering workshops on self-esteem, goal-setting, healthy relationships, and healthy lifestyles. As a certified fitness trainer, Crystal provides purpose-driven motivation that enhances self-esteem, healthy lifestyles, and goal achievement. Crystal has a passion for building self-esteem from the inside out, having lost over 100 pounds she knows what it means to live a lifestyle of passion with purpose. A motivational speaker and community health advocate, Crystal walks the walk and she talks the talk. She's the recipient of numerous awards, which include the Harrisburg Regional Chamber and Cretic Athena Award, NCBW Trailblazer Award, and the Greater Harrisburg YWCA Woman of Excellence Award. And just this year, Crystal was awarded our Honorary Doctorate of Humane Letters at Central Penn College. In today's episode, Crystal and I will talk about her many promotions in the state police and about the criminal justice field in general. Please join me in welcoming Major Crystal Turner Childs. A few years after earning your bachelor's degree, you started receiving some steady promotions. I mean, you were you were promoted quite frequently. And I do want you to talk about some of your career highlights. And as you do, the thing that struck me is you've often been the first woman Mm -hmm. and or the first African-American woman to hold some of these positions. So tell me a little bit. So you're a corrections officer, then you get into the state police. What was your first role in the state police? Well, first role was a cadet. And so you're in the academy and you're learning how to become a trooper. And you make it through the with 29 weeks. We count them as weeks. Some people say six months. I count it as 29 weeks because <laughs> okay. I want y'all to know all the time. <laughs> you want to was... know how long that actually was. <laughs> 29 weeks and uh, you graduate to become a trooper. Okay. And I was assigned to Troop J Avondale in Chester County. It was some of the most fun that I've ever had uh, in the agency. I met some lifelong friends there and I learned a lot in Troop J Avondale. Um, after that, I transferred to Troop H York, right down not too far from here in York, down mm-hmm. in York County. Learned a lot about York County down there. Peach Bottom Township, I remember <laughs> a lot about. Uh, transferred up here to Troop H Harrisburg. And then things started to roll. I became the public information officer for a few years. And then I got promoted to corporal. Yeah. 
But let me just say, prior to getting promoted to corporal, I took the test for corporal twice. First time, I didn't make it. Okay. So here we go again. Yeah. I didn't make it. And um, what I found at that moment when I didn't make it is that I wasn't prepared. You know, I did what a lot of people do is you think that you know a role and you really don't. And you just go in and just take it and wing it and say, oh, I'll just take it. Yeah. And I didn't do well enough to move forward. The second time, though, I sat down and I looked at the, the study list. And what I did is I laid out the study list and I plotted out how long it would take me to read over all of the mm. material three times. Okay. And I actually had to start over a year out. It took me to how long it took me to read the study material three times. I read it three times. Then I would go back and make my own test questions for myself. Wow. And so I did that. And the second time I was prepared and I was successful and got promoted. And the corporal's test in the state police for me was the most difficult because it was such a huge reading list. Sure. And so I just had to figure out a way to tackle it. Sometimes right. you just have to sit down and lay out a blueprint for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so to figure out how you're going to tackle it. And that worked for me. So it meant I had to be, oh, maybe this weekend I'm not going to be out doing yeah. whatever. Maybe this I'm going to dedicate three to four nights of, of reading to, to this week. It, it, it is what it is. But the goal was to be promoted, and it, I made it. The second uh, promotion was to sergeant, similar reading list to the corporal's list. But when it came for sergeant, I realized as I was going over the reading list, because I kept the same blueprint, right. but I knew all of the information. Sure. And so it wasn't as difficult because right. I had laid the foundation. I, I laid the foundation. Yeah. And so there I was sitting on this foundation, and when I went to do this test for sergeant. It wasn't as hard. It wasn't as hard, and I made it on the first round. Okay. And then lieutenant is a little different test because it was more of um, um, they want to know what your command experience was and scenarios and how you would handle certain incidents. But, again, my foundation was so strong, I was ready to go and got promoted to lieutenant. So when I got promoted to uh, lieutenant, Wow. I was uh, director of Equal Employment Opportunity, went over to serve as an executive officer for some time to one of the deputy commissioners, and then I went over to Troop H Harrisburg to serve as patrol section okay. uh, commander over there. Maybe five, three, four to five years after that, I got promoted to captain. <laughs> Holy cow. And uh, captain, I went to systems processing review, and then... My most favorite job in the organization was when I was a troop commander in Troop L, Reading. I was the first African-American female to serve in that, in that capacity. And why was that your favorite position? Oh, my gosh, because you get to go back to the field and with the men and women that are working in the field. And the days are always different. It's right. a little bit of little excitement here and there. Matter of fact, my first day as a troop commander, we had the uh, 78 car pileup out on Interstate 78 oh. a few years back. And um, it, unfortunately, we, we, there were lives lost there, but just the coming together of us as a unit out there working to work the crash, to not only work the crash, to investigate the crash, and then get the roadway open in such a, a short amount of time right. was amazing. And we got that roadway open by the next morning. 78 cars, and oh, it was a snowstorm wow. where the whiteout conditions. And we got the roadway back open. And I said, you know, it was sad that we there was some loss of life there, but that was like 
the initiation and the, how we all came together and worked together as a unit to get that done, you know, was just amazing. You have, I know you're not done with your promotions yet. <laughs> I know there's more in there, but you have such a remarkable job. Like when I think about what you must see, deal with, manage on a regular basis, it's remarkable. And I have to ask you, and I'm, I know this is part of it. Because you see so many things that are difficult as well, talking about fatalities, um, talking about homicide or you know overdoses, things like that, is there a lot of training for police officers for the emotional well-being of police officers, just how to manage some of the horrible things you must encounter? We have training, but one of the, one of the greatest things that we have in the Pennsylvania State Police is our member assistance program. Okay. The member assistance program is a program that is um, staffed by troopers who have had extensive training, psychological training, to help handle emotional situations uh, so that when our troopers go out and they encounter a homicide or a lot of times, unfortunately, we see children that are killed, yeah. um, if they have a need to and want to um, and sometimes it's mandated. Right. It depends on what, what's happening I'm sure. to uh, speak to uh, our members assistance program people just to be able to come in and speak it out and talk about how you're feeling or how it impacted you. Because remember, we're all troopers and we have families. And so yeah. maybe, the, maybe the child that they saw that died that day is about the same age as oh, theirs. Sure. And so we have to be able to find a place to manage that. And so we do that. And we also bring in psychologists and chaplains okay. and all of that to, to help with that as well. That's mm-hmm. that's good to hear. I would imagine it had to be because it's yeah, you, you just you you're dealing with so much yeah. and there's a whole uh, yes, I understand the physical element. You do mm-hmm. have to be in a certain physical form, but I'm sure mentally and emotionally yeah. same same thing. State police has done a wonderful job in, in to to uh, provide resources so that we can ensure that our troopers are mentally fit as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, before we get on with your other promotions, <laughs> I want to read a quote because this stuck with me. I reread your article in mm-hmm. the Pendulum magazine, and you said, there were people who went before me so I could have these opportunities. They went through 10 times more negative things than I have. I don't take that lightly. And it's almost like a mantra that you have given yourself because you you literally do not give up. I don't think you're wired that way. I'm not. And uh, I do always um, try to remember those that have gone before me. Yeah. And uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student of history. I probably should have studied history, but uh, I'm a student of history. And so when I think about those people that attempted to become troopers and were denied because they fill out, went to a station and filled out an application and someone threw it in a trash can. Yeah. The fact that I had an opportunity to take it and didn't make it doesn't stop me from continuing to move forward. And I think about, you know, the first class of women in 1972 when they were brought in to primarily work with children and women right. and issued a skirt and some pantyhose and a little purse with a gun, you know, little mini gun. And I think about how far we've evolved. It's crazy. And so... It's important for me to always keep that in my mind as I move up the ladder and then look at other ladies and gentlemen that are coming through the ranks to impress upon them how important it is for us to, we have, now don't get me wrong, we have some, some things that we need to do to improve. That's every organization. 
but we have evolved and but I always like to remind people hey let's think about you know where we've where we've come from yeah it's easy to lose sight of that yeah and you do work in a male-dominated field Mm -hmm. I mean you really do so what advice do you have for women who are now in such fields or who want to get into law enforcement or are just trying to break into what's traditionally been a male-dominated field just remember how special you are and the, the unique abilities that you bring to this bring to law enforcement you know women and this is not a diss towards men because there are plenty of men that have this ability but women have unique ability to think and to feel and to understand um, at a level that uh, people are able to to feel so when they come to situations they can you know, domestic situation, you know, the the uh, the tone kind of comes down um, to deescalate. And, you know, we just have un- a unique communicative abilities. And I, I always tell women, don't uh, deny yourself an opportunity to try law enforcement because you're fearful of how you're going to be physically. Right. Because really the physical part, we can get you there. It's this. We need your mental part. I just love seeing women come through the profession. I met a couple new troopers a couple, maybe two weeks, a week and a half ago, and they were very impressive. And so I just, I, I, I am one of those people also that I, when I find out there's women in the academy, I'll jump up out of my chair and go over to the academy <laughs> and say hi, you know, and tell them just to keep going and keep going. Yeah. And the reason I do that is because somebody did it to me. Yeah. Um, when I felt like jumping out the window. Right. Actually, there was a, a lieutenant that walked into my room about the time I was considering it. It's amazing. And asked me, hey, how you doing? You all right? I didn't tell her I was about to jump out the window. I was going to say, did you tell her you were going to Hershey Park? I didn't, I didn't tell her, but, <laughs> but her timing was impeccable. And yeah. I was just like, hey, I'm okay. And she's like, hang in there, hang in there. That's good. Yeah. Then you need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Central Penn College is committed to opening opportunities for students from a variety of academic backgrounds. Part of the way that we open those opportunities is by making college more affordable than ever. In 2019, President Linda Fadrizi Williams announced an innovative new housing scholarship that granted rent-free housing to new full-time students at Central Penn College. Two years later, we are proud to announce the opportunities are again expanding with the Housing Scholarship 2.0. Starting in July 2021, all existing and potential future Central Penn students are invited to apply for rent-free housing at the Somerdale campus for up to four years. This Housing Scholarship 2.0 makes our undergraduate degrees the most affordable full-time residential degrees in Central PA. You could live rent-free at Central Penn College for up to four years with this exciting scholarship. To qualify for the full scholarship, you must enroll full-time in 11 credits or more, remain a student in good standing, and maintain a 2.0 GPA or higher. That's it. If you're ready to get back out into the world again, consider Central Penn College. It's where your next big opportunity awaits. Visit www.centralpenn.edu slash housing scholarship for details on how to apply. There are even options for part-time adults to qualify as well. Learn more and apply now at www.centralpen.edu slash housing scholarship. (laughs) 
when I first came to Central Penn in 2016, criminal justice was the second degree most sought mm-hmm. at Central Penn. The number of students who are looking to work in law enforcement has declined significantly mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, particularly in the last two years. So what do you say to people who've always wanted to work in law enforcement, thought about that from the time they were little kids, and now maybe they're shying away due to some negative stigmas against police officers mm-hmm. right now? I say that we need you. Listen, I recognize that not everyone will want to work the road or be a patrol officer, but there are so many other support roles that you can work in and still uh, help us in law enforcement, be it forensics. Maybe you want to be a forensic scientist. Mm-hmm. You stu- study biology. You work in information technology. If we if we take a look at the uh, what happened on January 6th, and how they're able to uh, identify those actors that committed crimes, a lot of that came from the public and their use of the Internet and and, and the web to be able to help FBI identify people. Sure. We need those people in law enforcement. I mean, if you got how many how many videos do you see of crimes each and every day? And if these people can analyze that utilizing whatever they have at home, right. be it a, a, a iPad, MacBook, Surface, whatever, or their telephone, my, could you imagine what yeah. they could do with the equipment that we have in law enforcement? Great point. And then finally, we still have a need for those people that want to engage the public, you know, be it on the, as, at working the road, patrolling a neighborhood, mm-hmm. where, where they're needed. There are times when people feel as if, they have they need help and they have nowhere to go. Yeah. So when you're that person that they pick up 911 and they call and they need help and you respond, you're the person that we're looking for. Right. They are the person they're looking at you. This is the person that can help me solve this problem. Talk so, about servant leadership. Yes. I mean we talk a lot about that here. You, your profession literally saves people's lives. Yes. And and a lot of time when you feel as if this is the only my only recourse, that's what I would tell to those people that are still considering it but are a little bit reluctant. Yeah, you're the only you're the last call. So, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, law enforcement it's a challenging profession. It, it is. was challenging before. It's it's even more challenging, and you're dealing with tough issues. You're you're seeing crime, violence, tragedy. You're a really positive person. How do you stay positive? How do you build balance? I mean, it seems like physically working out has done wonders for yes. you, mentally and physically. And I would never have known you were someone who lost 100 pounds, <laughs> having just met you today, because you look phenomenal. Well, thank you. Um, how, how do you stay positive? Well, part of it is the physical re- fitness, but, like, but the majority of it is the mental Mm. Um, I give myself space in the mornings when I wake up, not only for physical exercise, but mental. And so I take some time to kind of just kind of be one with myself and the universe and so that we can connect and I can kind of just quiet myself and so that I can kind of monitor who I am and how I'm feeling. Right. Um, We have a we when when I say we I'm talking about myself most of the most of the time, but. I do run into people that where we find ourselves tamping down our feelings a lot. And and so what I do is I take inventory of how I'm feeling. Am I feeling anxious today? Right. Am I feeling angry today? And if I am, why? What's the source? Mm-hmm. Where is the source? Maybe something happened yesterday that I'm still harboring or I haven't 
I haven't dealt with completely. We do that. Sure. And so I give myself time throughout in the morning specifically and so that I can deal with whatever feelings that I have. And then as I move forward and get ready for my day, that I don't carry that those feelings with me when I show up at the workplace. Absolutely critical. And Crystal, I want you to tell everyone when you were losing the weight and you were working and studying for the exam, what time did you get up in the morning? Because people make a lot of excuses of why they can't ever work out. You tell everyone right now when you were getting up. I was in the gym at 3.30 in the morning and I had to report to work at 5.50. And so the gym was 24 hours. I would go to the gym 3.30 in the morning and I would do some sort of exercise for till uh right around 4.15, 4.30, hustle back home, shower, and then get to work by 5.50. Now, it also involved meal prep the night before Sure. because it was important for me, you know, it's not enough to do the exercise. You have to eat. 100%. And that's probably more important than anything. And so I did meal prep the night before because that way I would have time. So what you have to do is you have to make time that's right. for yourself. And that involves boundaries, and putting yourself first. I love that. And I hope everyone listens to that. And if you didn't rewind the podcast (laughs) and listen to it again, Um, you were recently named acting deputy chief of staff, Troop J. First, congratulations. Second, this is the place where you started your career, correct? Well, yeah, I started um, in Troop J, but it's actually deputy commissioner of staff, not in Troop Day, it's all over the state. All over the entire state. Yes, all over the entire state. Okay. And so, um, wow, yeah, acting deputy commissioner staff, that's a big, uh, that's a big responsibility. Tell me a little bit about what that role is like. Um, The deputy commissioner, there are three deputy commissioners in the Pennsylvania State Police, deputy of operations, deputy of staff, and deputy of admin and professional responsibility. And then the commissioner. And so the three deputies have a purview over different responsibilities. A deputy of staff is responsible for the Bureau of Forensic Services, um, information technology, research development, research and identification, as well as procurement. So all of that to say that uh, I anything that's bought, uh, any equipment um, that needs to be okay. uh, procured, I have oversight over. I also have oversight over all of the Bureau of Forensic Services as well as fingerprinting. You know, it's been a big surge in people wanting to buy guns and things like that. So I have purview over that as well. Okay. Wow, mm-hmm. that is a big job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're you're motivated by goals. Mm-hmm. That's really clear. So do you have an ultimate career goal in the state police or even outside the state police? Fem-powered, other activities. What's next for Crystal? Wow. Um, <laughs> well, I still want Fem-powered uh, to move forward in uh, you know, a larger capacity. I have some ideas. I'm kind of holding them, keeping them close to the vest. But, okay. you know, FemPower to move uh, maybe into a building um, where, you know, people can actually come and see me right. on, a, on a more regular basis. Um, regarding um, law enforcement, I have some other ideas as well for that, for moving forward in law enforcement. But right now I want to learn because um, I just got in the deputy of staff. So I want to learn some more and uh, just kind of move us forward um, in the agency in the realm of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking into some body cam stuff and work on the processes that we utilize now for uh, people that get fingerprints done and, and moving that, making that process a little bit smoother and faster. 
Okay, we're close to wrapping up. And mm-hmm. before I end with our speed round, which I do with everybody, <laughs> I do want to ask you, how can people learn more about FemPowered or get involved? Oh, sure. I have a website. Just okay. go to um, www.fempoweredllc.com and you can find information. And I have a contact me uh, uh, section there. Perfect. And I, I always post on fit, uh, Instagram uh, under Fitness by Crystal. You can find me there. And... Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook, too. Okay. So, <laughs> well, you know what? We will share yeah. all of that so people have a way to get in yeah. touch with you. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of each podcast, I ask each guest a series of really quick, rapid-fire questions. First thing that comes to the top of your head. Hope I'm ready. They're, okay. they're not that hard, I promise <laughs> you. All right, number one, top song, group, or artist on your playlist, playlist right now? Ooh, right now? Yeah. You guys are going to be shocked because <laughs> I'm really I do like some trap music every now and then. So right now I, I'm I'm going to keep it real. Is uh, I've been playing Chun Li and I know it's an old song <laughs> by uh, Nicki Minaj, but that one gets me fired up when it's time to work out. <laughs> All right, so. I, I like it. I'll take it. Uh-huh. All right, number two, dog or cat? Ooh, dog. Every guest has said dog. <laughs> no one has said cats. Yeah. All right, number three, best thing that's happened to you this month? Oh, my God. Hands down, receiving the honorary doctorate here in this wonderful uh, Central Penn College. Hands down. I love that response. All right, number four, favorite beverage? Water. Yeah, you ordered water at lunch today. Mm -hmm. You were the only one who didn't drink another beverage. Yeah, water. Water. All right, number five, best piece of advice for Central Penn College students? Whoa. Best piece of advice, Central Penn, this is a gem. Central Penn College students, this place is a gem. And what I want you to do is to take advantage of every opportunity that you have here. Even when you don't see it as an opportunity. When you see it as, oh, my God, one more project. Oh, my goodness, I don't want to work with that person. I want you to open your heart and your mind and see it as an opportunity because you will surprise yourself and the doors will open wide for you. I love it. Crystal, thank you. I can't oh, thank you This has been enough. wonderful. You thank spent you. the whole day with me today. And I've it's, enjoyed every minute. I I'm going to come back and bug you. We're going to have I want lunch. you to come back. Yes. I'm, I'm looking up Femme Powered <laughs> after this podcast today. Gonna I'm going to get back. more involved with you. Um, thanks for taking the time to meet with us and being such an inspiration to our students and our college community. It's been an honor. Thank you. Appreciate it. Today's episode of The Bridge is brought to you by Central Penn College Alumni Association. Today, the Alumni Association totals more than 12,000 alumni connected through a common story of opportunities at Central Penn College. The Knight Nation alumni wish to congratulate our newest alumni celebrating their graduation this June, as well as our newest Golden Knights alumni celebrating their 50th anniversary since graduation. The Knight Nation is proud to have you. To learn more about upgrading your alumni membership to the new Sword and Shield level, visit www.centralpen.edu slash alumni. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time. <laughs>